I sometimes I, I, I try to do the cool thing and like hang one year out, like try to look hip. I feel like that's what the DJs do. It's episode 20 of the Fans Unite Huddle, brought to you by Fantasy 6 Sports, where anyone can play and everyone can win. It's your home for that sports life, sports talk, and a bit of trash talk, too, occasionally, if we're lucky. My name's James Graham. I am your host, your moderator, and still the only man in the room with more than one cat tattoo. And I am surrounded by some of the finest minds in social sports data. And a dog. To my right... He don't want no scrubs, because scrubs are a guy that won't get no love from Dar. That's right. It's Darius Igdami. Hey, guys. <laughs> and uh, on the other side of the table, as always, the international stats guru here to remind you not to go chasing waterfalls and just to stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Are we, like, sponsored by TLC today? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, gentle Sean Ingleby. Howdy doody. I was going to use that this one. I was going to use that one. <laughs> and uh, in the guest slot tonight is a man that's probably played more basketball than all three of us at the table combined. Uh, he's from Toronto, but we will forgive him that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Sachs. I'm technically from Vancouver. I just happen to live in uh, Toronto, so I want to make that clear. You've been there for a decade. You live in, you live in Toronto. Yeah, but like I can You're from Toronto. What does it say on your Twitter account? Does it say no Toronto? Comment. Does it say Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> Before we go too far into the roasting, uh, gentlemen, uh, we were uh, had a busy, busy NCAA tournament so far. Your biggest surprises overall? Man, too many to count in the I second mean, round. Nova, I mean, Villanova, Duke. It went from being really boring in the first round with, I think there were only like three real upsets yeah. compared to ten last year. Yeah. And then the second round, they... Shit hit, the, shit hit the fan. That one bracket with Villanova and Duke, they're both gone. Now yeah. Have, now you have a Baylor and Florida who are going to battle it out. And even Wisconsin could make the Final Four. Baylor going to the Final Four. In the right, right Matt. Garbage. Mind you, Wisconsin. I mean, they're a good team. They're not a good team. <laughs> they're not a good team. Wisconsin, I, did they take the cake for most egregiously underseeded? Or yeah. I guess that goes to Wichita, possibly Wichita. 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 Yeah. yeah, but um, both of them could have been five seeds. Easily, easily. Wisconsin just kind of tailed off towards the end of the season. They That's really why. bad end of the year. But they're they're tournament tested. These guys have played more games than anyone. This like, in the, ever in, in the tournament right now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for their their seniors, this will be their fourth Sweet Sixteen appearance in four years. Yeah, and they, so. made, they made the finals with Kaminsky and Decker a couple of years ago. I try not to remember that because they beat my guys yeah. Arizona twice, yeah. two years in a row. So that's uh, that's tough. But I think for me, the biggest surprise is actually the ACC overall. Yeah. Being the, like, the complete they, collapse of the ACC? Absolutely. Yeah. They have one team, UNC, yeah, UNC. that's all that's left, right? Out of yeah. eight. It's and a pretty good one to have left, though. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, people but were talking about Duke getting to the finals, Louisville getting to the, Louisville. To the Final Four. Does anyone think Virginia? it's funny? I mean, they basically got, South Carolina basically got a home game uh, against Duke. Yeah. Which I found sort of interesting, because that's not supposed to happen with the, with the whole selection process. Yeah, yeah, they're playing Greenville, South Carolina. They, they had a home game in the first game, too, against Marquette, and it really helped them. That's right, but they did move that uh, location somewhat last minute, because it was supposed to be in North Carolina. So, Does anyone know why it was moved? 
the NCAA does have this wonderfully set of cryptic rules uh, based around where tournament mat games can be held. Specific yes, to, although this wasn't part of that, actually. Oh, it this wasn't. Was, this was very specific. This yeah. was in response to uh, House Bill 2, which covered uh, transgendered use of washrooms. Nice. Uh, so this was in protest to the passing of that yeah, bill. The NCAA moved all of their activities, I guess, from, from North Carolina. So they're yeah. so, standing up against them. So Duke, in a way, has that to possibly blame for yeah. their exit. That well, and 18 you turnovers. You can't, you can't yeah. yeah. 18 turnovers. and uh, They did not look good. No. Is this the end of the Duke era? No, and there's a lot. No. There's a lot. There's a, I don't know. There's a lot of people talking about how this was like the best Duke team ever like oh, better better than the Leitner Hurley era um, talent wise I mean they had how many uh, uh, McDonald's All-Americans four or five they're yeah. in their starting lineup well there's, there's going to be at least probably three first round draft picks coming, sure. out, of, coming yeah. out of that lineup this year but how many of them played this year you know Tatum played a handful of games they didn't play a, a lot of games altogether. I don't think so I think it's pretty hard to maybe even unfair to kind of say that you look at Hurley, Leitner, they're playing four years together. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to compare those teams when you have guys in there for one year. Uh, you know, Grayson Allen's been there for a couple, but then they lose their coach halfway through the year. And I do, I do hope the ACC doesn't get this high seeds next year. This is kind of embarrassing. But it's at, always traditional. Though. It is traditional. But you look at the Pac-12, who's like a soft conference. They got four teams in, one through, one through a playing game, and they're 8-1. and one. They can easily have two guys, two of the teams go in the final four. They could have three teams go to the final four without shaping up. But it kind of speaks to the the flaws in the current system and the selection committee and how they go about actually yeah. establishing these. They just love rankings. the East, East, East Coast. I mean, there it's a real bias. I think it's you know, it's a real thing. Have you know, obviously with my intro, I live in Toronto. It is a real thing. We don't watch as many games out on the West Coast. Yeah. You even look at, you know, Big Ten. Uh, and Big 12 teams, they did better than people thought they yeah. would. And, you know, it's, they're not on, quite on Pacific time, but there is a little bit less of a, a time difference, but people aren't watching those games. It makes sense when there's an Arizona game, a Stanford game, a Cal game starting at 7.30 Pacific time. Those, yeah. It's 10.30 on the East Coast. Yeah, no, one care. <laughs> they don't care. no one cares. No one cares. Right? When you have, you have all these ACC matchups of big-time schools, I think that's the other thing, right? Like, you have the Big East, you have uh, the ACC with these major schools, and you have major matchups every week. Yeah. That's what's getting the airtime. That's what ESPN is going. Well, it's to. not even this. It's getting the airtime because they know that's what's going to draw the ad money much more so than anything else. For sure, yeah. You have these major markets uh, with these big schools and huge uh, alumni bases that that yeah. want to see those games on on you know on ESPN. I feel like you're starting to see a bit more parity though in the tournament. There's no more like powerhouse teams who are guaranteed to make the final four anymore. Really, any of these Sweet 16 teams can make the Final Four. Wouldn't Even South Carolina? Well, I mean, let's, let's, Even South Carolina? <laughs> let's look at some of the seating that's in there right now. Uh, we've got an 8, a 4, a 3, a 7, a 4, an 11. Um, you know, there's a... Uh, I mean, Michigan? Yeah, a se- a se- Michigan, yeah. Michigan at 7. Yeah. Yeah, there's no Michigan actually the favorite in that game currently, the lines yeah. that are out. Oregon did not look, really? did not look well, good considering how Island. how, like badly favored Oregon's been all tournament and the fact that they you know everyone was looking at them to uh, just be one and done versus Iona including myself I'll fully admit <laughs> they, they look like a different team without Boucher they can't get offensive rebounds they got no one to block shots down low I don't know it's going to be a lot on Dylan Dylan Brooks' shoulders um, to try to beat Michigan but Michigan can, can score in a hurry they might yeah, be and Oregon there. I don't think is very deep no you know they're only playing six seven guys yeah um Hopefully a week rest, maybe that'll that'll help them. They'll get a scout on uh, on Michigan there, but 
how about Michigan's yeah. big man last year? Yeah. Unbelievable. Wagner? Wagner. Wagner is unreal. Yeah. You're not going to say it with the German accent? Wagner. Yeah. Wagner. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Dude, he was, he, was he, deserved, he deserves the accent after that game. Yeah. Get played, to the Wagner. Good. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah, he was a beast. Hitting, well. hitting that three, and then the next the next series, I think, fakes the three yeah. and then drives the lane. Yeah, oh. and fakes the pass, and, and oh, that, that was great. He's, he probably got himself a nice little bump in the draft stock. For sure. Yeah, he boosted his... his uh, Especially because he's, he's German, so they're all looking for the next Dirk. Every scout is like, where's the next Dirk? And they're going to be this guy. You just got to look to Arizona, Larry Markkinen. There's yeah. actually a really good article that just came out uh, focusing on Dirk's relationship with Don Nelson and how Don yeah. actually essentially found Dirk. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I haven't read, I haven't read it yet. And then, yeah, like I said, Markkinen. Yeah, Markkinen with Arizona. He played... He played okay. He played a good second half against second uh, half, St. Yeah. Mary's. He was he's, nowhere to be seen in the first half. No, he's... He, as you know, the knock on most European players, yeah. pretty soft. Yeah, and, it and, happened. But. And Trier was nowhere to be found in the first half either. Then he no. stepped it up. Yeah, he had 14 second. points in the second half that really changed the game. I think for Arizona, they were they were in a hurt. They were in a real bad place there in the first half yeah. for a while, and they came back. And and you know, Sean Miller was saying it's a lot of heart. Those guys actually showed that they could come back and in a tough situation. What do you think about uh, Arizona against Xavier's two-three zone? Having Watched a lot of Arizona games, and everybody zones them. That's the toughest thing for them. They do not show, shoot the ball very well. Their three ball is uh, pretty tough, so they have to they have to make shots. I yeah. think that's the biggest thing. Um, luckily, they match up pretty well inside um, there with, uh, with Xavier Big Man. Uh, so hopefully, that will kind of offset it a little bit. But I think they got to get the ball inside there, try to get some inside out, and, and hopefully make some open shots like they did in the second half against St. Mary's. But It'll come down to a pretty defensive game, I think, for both teams. Yeah. yeah. And best game of the weekend, UCLA-Kentucky. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Ball versus Monk. And uh, should I even say Monk or should we say Fox? Fox. Yeah. Fox. Fox. Fox looks like looks, the better yeah. player. Like, he, he blew by uh, his defender, I think, late in the, late in the game. And almost 99% of point guards would lay that up. And somehow he just tomahawk slams was, that in. It was sick. I did not expect it. Kind of got me out of my chair. Honestly, though, I'd be tempted to give the MVP of that game to uh, Sam Adebayo. Just because Wichita State has been out-rebounding teams by an average of nine rebounds a game. Yeah. And almost single-handedly due to Adebayo, they hung in this one. But also because of uh, the foul trouble the Wichita big man were in. Um, who is it, Ward? Ward had to sit on the bench. For, for like 10 minutes in the second half. It was tough. And then their, their backup's a little bit undersized, but yeah. That's the trouble with Wichita, though, some of those mid-major schools. You're yeah. not going to get the size you yeah. know, off the bench and everything. Like. Even like Frank Camp, like he got hurt for like three yeah. minutes, and it made yeah. a big difference to their team. Yeah. They just don't have the depth. They don't have the depth against a team like Kentucky that just rolling guys over, right? Yeah, like, yeah well, yeah. what's the name? Shaq? Uh, was that Shaq Ward that you were talking about? Uh, is, no, isn't it Shaq... Um, We'll check, but no, I don't. Because he tried to rest for two minutes there, and Adebayo started o- taking over that game. They put him right back in again. Yeah, just because yeah, yeah. that they, Adebayo was killing them on the boards. That's what it comes down to: defensive controlling the glass, right? Like you yeah. saw that, and uh, in a lot of games, right? There's a couple teams that you know just crash the glass, get a lot of offensive rebounds, and and that changed the game for a lot of them. Um, there was a lot of games to watch, but you know you can see how that momentum really changed once you start pounding uh, that offensive boards. Yeah, it's Jack Morris and uh, Zach Morris, Brown. That's it. But um, Shamit, man, I was, was really nice. rooting for him. Was that really rooting was... for him. That was so cool to watch. It yeah. was sort of take over that that uh, late night game. Yeah. yeah, 
I, I'm. You don't see. Like, he's not a typical guy who would like take over a game. He just looks like he doesn't belong out there. But he actually took over the game. Yeah. He was hitting huge shots. Uh, they took the lead by one point, I think, at, at some point. Yeah, there were 11, 11 lead changes in this game. Hmm. Uh, I know Kentucky was like going out to slightly bigger leads and 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 definitely had the had the lead for much more of this game. But still, it was exciting as hell to watch. Is uh, Monk even guaranteed to be taking over Fox in the NBA draft? I well, think it's going to be a needs thing. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people are uh, had Monk in the top three, but now you're looking at Ball, you're looking at Fultz, and then and then who? Fogna? Well, yeah. I think, <laughs> I th- I th- okay, but who who ends up with more first round dr- draft picks coming out of this class? Uh, Kentucky or Duke? Uh, I think you got to go Duke. Kentucky has three freshmen though that could if they all if they all go. It'll depend on who who goes from Duke. Yeah. Like you, you got some good candidates there. It depends, I guess, if Kennard and, and Allen what they do. If, yeah. They're not going to be lottery picks, but uh, I definitely think you get taken kind of lower down the first round. If, for you're, them, an, if you're an NBA team, do you want Grayson Allen? No, <laughs> I don't want uh, him. unless I want to like hang him up outside the front of the of the arena and just let people kick him in the balls for money. <laughs> like, what's the best case for Grayson Allen? Best case. I don't know. He's, like, he's, not even, he's not as good a shooter as, as Redick. Nope. Not even um, close. He, I don't know. Where, where's Tyler Hainsborough right now? Yeah. Where, where is this like, great run on, like, I hate to play that card, but like, there's all these like, white dudes that come in that are like, get mad props during tournaments, get drafted 8, 9, 10, 11, yeah. and then end up playing in China. Yeah, well, I mean, Allen just looks like a college player. Plus, yeah. he's a little, sorry to say, he's a little bitch. I mean, he, he. Are you sorry to say that? Yeah, he, he trips people. You're not sorry. <laughs> he trips people, and he goes to the bench, and starts crying, and he goes to the locker room, and starts crying. Like he's gonna get ripped apart in the NBA. Yeah. I think he's gonna have a really tough time because he also doesn't have a position. Yeah, you know, in, in the NBA, he's not a point guard. No, he's not really quite a shooting guard. He's not a scorer. Yeah. Stretch one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start a new category for him, right? Yeah, well, I think yeah, he's gonna have six. a tough time. And Calipari yeah. just makes his players look so like NBA prepped. They yeah. look so good going to the draft. Yeah, well, they, like, it's a factory. Yeah. You look at people like Willie Cauley-Stein, who was a backup on Kentucky, and he got drafted in the first round. Absolutely. Potentially, I think maybe even in the lottery. I think he maybe went 14th. That's a backup center. You don't see that? Calipari gets those guys ready, and he does everything that he can to, to showcase them, too. Yeah. I think that's the big difference in their program is he's, be, he's able to get those guys in there because he's going to – get all the scouts in there for practice. You know, a couple of years ago, he had that kind of combine-esque yeah. um, feature. Where, you know, it was, it was on ESPN. Yeah. Like, no other college program is doing that, yeah. uh, especially not Duke. But I think the interesting thing about Duke is they're still able to get three All-Americans yeah. uh, in that class. Because you want to right? play for Coach K. You wanna, and you want to have a chance for a national championship. Well, I think the interesting question is, is that what will happen when Coach K, who is – old as hell now like, yeah. i think he's like he's pushing 70 easy and he's eventually going to end up stepping down where where does duke end up after that i mean they can probably recruit any coach they want but i don't know it'll be the same kind of transition as unc had yeah right like they yeah. they did have a kind of a tougher time there and went through a couple of coaches and now well, they found roy williams i mean when you're in the shadow of dean smith yeah exactly and, and that's what'll be you know a very similar situation with with coach k and It'll be really interesting to see. Obviously, Jeff Capel, I think, won one or two games when he kind of stepped in as interim coach, and, and that's a really tough position to be in, but it's a lot of big shoes to fill. Yeah. He's been there for, what, 40 years, I think? Yeah. 
something like that. Forty-two years. I think. But but as far as their impending demise, I think their recruiting class next year is as good as ever. So I think <laughs> yeah. they're they're fine yeah. in the meantime. We shouldn't worry about them. The yeah. Dukes, the Kentuckys, the UNCs—they're always going to get the top some of the they top have players. Huge brands. Yeah. yeah. And now you're seeing UCLA kind of popping back into there. That's yeah. maybe this is the resurgence of, of well, UCLA. You take ball off that team, and they're back to being a 500 team. You think so? Yeah. Even with Leaf and... And Alford, are these Alford going to do anything? Alford's the all-time leading scorer at UCLA. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at Krzyzewski's um, Wikipedia page. Uh, five NCAA championships, 12 Final Fours, 12 ACC season titles, 14 ACC tournament championships, uh, the only m- um, man amongst other NCAA basketball coaches that has more is 10 championships and that is of course the dawn john wooden yeah it's an incredible three gold medals it seems to me like duke gets a lot of high seeds and then gets knocked out before (laughs) before the sweet 16 you see you see that a lot recently in the last decade although i think my favorite thing about coach k is that he was actually a point guard uh at army for two years oh cool under bobby knight that's right wow i know yeah and he coached there right that's where he started coaching at, at west point I think this is a documentary on uh, Bobby Knight coming out this right. week. Yeah, that could be interesting. Could be interesting. Could get a throw- chair thrown at you, but you never know. You know. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's take a look at the uh, the Sweet Sixteen, and let's uh, let's let's make some inappropriate wagers, uh, and uh, and then we can laugh at each other next week. Uh, Xavier versus uh, Arizona. Who you got? I'm not betting against Arizona in fear that Matt will jump over the table. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I'm taking Zona plus Pac-12. You, know you got to ride them, them right now, ride. right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I think Xavier's pretty much done here. Great. Unanimous. I'm glad, uh, Unanimous. Glad. Thank you, guys. That, <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> All right, uh, Gonzaga and the Mountaineers. I'm of West Virginia. I'm actually kind of torn on this one because part of me really wants Gonzaga to go all the way just so we can shut up about Gonzaga for once. But West Virginia has this habit of coming in and really throwing curveballs at people. And absolutely stifling people on defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that full press. It's crazy. How, yeah, it's crazy how much it rattles teams. But like, it I don't really, understand. It looks like it shouldn't be that hard, but it is. Yeah. So it's not that hard for some teams, but for some reason, Notre Dame kept passing the ball into the corner, which is like yeah. a high school rule. You don't pass the ball into the yeah. corner. And they kept turning the ball over. So I think uh, we talked about this earlier. You have a week to prepare now yeah, for these teams. Yeah, I think that's huge. Right? So, so coaches have a week to prepare with their players to break this zone. I think, I think the other thing is that Notre Dame really didn't have any other ball handlers other than their point guard. Yeah. Right? I think that was the huge challenge for them against West Virginia. Gonzaga is a, a talented team. They have a lot of guys. Nigel and Goss is obviously kind of the star there in the backcourt, but they have other guys that can handle the ball. Yeah. And I think that will be really helpful for them. And, and they have a week. They have a week to prepare yeah. for this. Mark Few's been there, seen it, done it. He'll, he'll get those guys ready. I think it's Gonzaga all the way there. Yeah. I'll take I'll take them. I mean, I think it's, they'll ride. I think they'll ride it at least into the eight. It's when they get there that I'm kind of... Well, then you got Arizona, and then it's no yeah. question again, right? <laughs> <laughs> In your opinion. Uh, Baylor and uh, South Carolina. God, I hate Baylor. I, I just don't see how South I, I Carolina hate, keeps... I hate Baylor, but it's, it's, it's an easy run into the it's, Final yeah. Four. Uh, I, I really did not like Baylor coming into this tournament. They were on a, on a cold streak thing. They lost like 10 of the last 17 games. They didn't look good. Somehow the one and two have been knocked out. They got to play a play-in a play in, uh, team in the round of 32. They've gotten a really lucky draw, so I still can see them losing to South Carolina. But 
It should be an interesting game. It should be an interesting but, yeah, game. Baylor all the way. But it's kind of interesting to your point. Like Wisconsin also came into the tournament really cold as well. Yeah. And those teams could be meeting the in the lead yeah. eight. Like but, that's, but, yeah. But Wisconsin is beating good teams. They're beating, sure. They beat a yeah. good Virginia Tech team and a very good Villanova team. They beat a good Virginia team by 10, yeah. no less. Yeah. And Baylor's beating, beating yeah. <laughs> a playing team. Sure. Uh, Wisconsin, Florida. I got Florida in the Final Four, but my heart's my heart's with Wisconsin. I, I just love Co- uh, Koenig and uh, and Hayes, but uh, I'm gonna be cheering for Wisconsin. But I think Florida, I think Florida's too athletic. Really? Yeah. I can't bet against Wisconsin after watching that game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. I mean, I think if anyone's gonna have that sort of Cinderella run yeah. at this stage, I think it's gonna be Wisconsin. They look pretty clinical. Yeah. Like they they know who their guys are, as you say, Koenig and Hayes, yeah. and I think they're gonna ride them. I think they'll. They have the experience that Florida doesn't as well, which yeah. I think goes really far. But and then they'll run into Baylor. And Can't bet against that uh, MJ inspired. That was move, amazing. So. Yeah. That was so <laughs> was, good. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping Wisconsin gets to the Final Four. Kansas and Purdue. Too easy, Kansas. Yeah. I I hate Purdue. <laughs> I, I know I, that's in, that's the first thing that comes to yes, mind with rationale. Again, I, I, I see, hate them. I see Purdue in the same manner that I do West Virginia. That if anyone's going to like throw a one round curveball, it could be uh, it could be them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I don't know, Kansas has also looked, I mean, you know, 20 points over Michigan State, uh, demolishing the crap out of UC Davis. Um, yeah, just keep scoring kind of, 90 kind of, plus. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, if, as long as you keep, like, racking up, you know, more than everyone else. Like, I think the interesting thing there, though, is Purdue's best players are down low. Yeah. And Kansas' best players are, are on the perimeter. Yeah. So I think it'll be actually really interesting to see. Swanigan's already won one National Player of the Year award. Yeah. He arguably could be the best player on the court. You yeah. Know, I mean... He might not be the best pro on the court, yeah. but he might be the best player on the court. And as we know in college basketball, sometimes it only takes one, one player, player. Uh, to really take off. So, you know, they, and I, like Ma- I like Mason there. Mason, yeah. I mean, he, I, think their the guards, I think their guards yeah. will, uh, will kind of prevail Mason, there. Mason, Vic, I think, and, and Jackson... I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. And then you have a fifth-year starter in Lucas, who's been here before. That's right. If anyone's going to stop, Swatigan, Swatigan, Swat, again, Swat it again, uh, it'll be Lucas. Yeah, yeah. If they keep them off the boards, I think. And I forget who the center's name is at Purdue, but he looks like a. mountain. He's like seven ten. Yeah, he looks looks like the biggest seven footer of all time. uh, Haas. Is it Haas? I don't, I don't know. know. He's a beast. He's big. So I think if they keep, keep him and Swanigan off the, the boards there, yeah. I think Kansas will be fine. But Because yeah. they're going to run. They're going to run. Yes. And uh, Swanigan's going to have to keep up. That's true. I hear that he At least he's not 350 pounds anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon and Michigan. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything against my Pac-12 boys, Oregon. But? But they're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Cheering for Oregon, I'm betting on Michigan. Really, I'm interested. You always cheer for Michigan. I know, but so weird. I, he's a Jawan Howard fan. I'm a Pac-12 guy. I can't bet against the Pac-12. It's not like Jim Harbaugh's coaching. No, Michigan. that's fair. Yeah, if he was coaching yeah. the basketball is, is team, this a, is this a Chip yeah. Kelly thing? Is this just your your? Yeah, no, your, no, no, it's a Pac-12 thing. Pac-12. They're eight and one. You got to ride them yeah. right now. Yeah. Second best conference could be could be the Big Ten then. Yeah. You know, so two two good conferences kind of going up against each other. I don't know if Michigan can uh, can pull it off here. I don't. Uh, if Wagner Wagner plays Wagner, how he did, Wagner. yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, that's the thing. If 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 he kind of shows up, yeah, as we saw in the first round against Oklahoma State, you put Wagner in that pick and roll, yeah, he cannot do 
anything. No. He looked so lost out there. Um, I think Oregon's guards and kind of perimeter players could kind of put him in some really tough positions defensively. I think that's Oregon's real only chance if they get out and run. Um, it could be a fun game. They're both teams that like to get up and down and shoot a lot of threes, so it should be a fun one. But um, Michigan's guards in small four, they're, they're long. Like if, if yeah. They could actually stop Dylan Brooks. Yeah, they match up pretty well, actually. And you know if you stop Dylan Brooks, you're beating Oregon. <laughs> yeah. John, do you have anything to add to this? Michigan all the way? All the way? Like the finals? No, they'll win this one. And, and then, then lose, lose to Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Um, I think that's what a lot of people are going to have. Yeah. North Carolina Butler. Ooh. UNC. 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 Except they did not look impressive against Arkansas. They very easily could have lost that game. They were down three with three minutes if you're to being, go. If you're being sloppy, I mean, they still beat them by like seven, eight points. But uh, yeah, they, they were they, they were down they were they down, down three in the second half. Right? They were down yeah. three with the, with a few minutes left. But you, I think you kind of expect that from a team of their nature is that they're yeah. they're going to slack off. Yeah, and then they'll you know when they realize that they need they're, to actually turn it up. They're a pretty inconsistent team. They've been yeah. like that all year, where they've had you know blowout games and then they've lost to bad teams and. Uh, well, they're just so methodical. They're just yeah. composed. Yeah. I think... Have they... Uh, Butler... Haven't really been tested. No. Middle We're th- looking at... They beat a 13 seed and a 12 yeah. seed. But Middle Tennessee, again, Middle was not a 12. No, not a 12 they, they probably uh, got kind of screwed there. But, I mean, Winthrop... Yeah. And Middle Tennessee, like, uh, they beat but a 13 the, and a 12. But neither of those games were ever in question. <laughs> and, they, and they just looked... They looked solid. Yeah. But, again, it's U, this is UNC again. Number one seed. Yeah. Yeah. UCLA and Kentucky. It's the game. Yeah, this is the game. It's Good luck game. picking that yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, I've got I had UCLA going all the way to the uh, going all the way to the final, so I'm just going to stick with them there. Yeah. Well, you know my answer, Pac-12. <laughs> no respect. Someone's dad is going to get very angry if they don't. So. Yeah. <laughs> he's finally shutting up this tournament, letting his kid play. That's and, right. And, yeah. and he's playing really well, so it's probably in his best interest to just shut up and let the eyes be on When, on when Charles Barkley threatens a beatdown, you know, yeah. that's probably a good idea. Do we know the line on that game? Is it probably going to be a pick game, huh? Probably. 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 <laughs> yeah, go pack. Go pack. Go pack. Go pack. Gentlemen, moving on to something a little greener, um, some interesting NFL action that's come down the pipe uh, this week. Looks like Beast Mode might be coming out of retirement. Marshawn Lynch, late of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, has been spotted wearing Raiders gear, and there's been a lot of discussion upon whether he may actually unretire and join the soon-to-be Raiders of Oak Vegas. Come, come home, Marshawn. Come home. He is home. <laughs> he is home already. He's, he's just down the street. Is it, it, it going to happen? makes perfect sense. Will, will the Seahawks actually let this happen? I mean, with Eddie Lacy now on board, you know, it's like, do you want feast mode and beast mode? <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd, they'd have to. I mean, their cap hit's a $9 million cap hit. They just don't have a... They don't have the cap space yeah. right now. They don't really have a choice. They could try to talk hardball and, and hold this out in, until after the draft. What do you, what do you if think this then, even like, happens. But a, a second or a third? Or? No, no, no chance. No, no chance. Man, maybe the odds of Reggie McKenzie giving up a pick are, you know... Very, very slim. But if a couple if we of Derek Carr autographed eight by tens, yeah. <laughs> if we did give a pick, it'd be like a six or seven, like a conditional seven. Yeah, but, exactly. Because uh, they they know that uh, Seattle will have to eventually release him. Yeah. So why not wait? 
I don't think Lynch wants to play for the Seahawks. Either. No, he doesn't. No, he's, 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 I mean, Raiders are bust. It's all secondhand hearsay at this point, but apparently yeah. he said it's, it's Raiders or, or nothing mm-hmm. for him. Apparently. Which makes me so happy just because all the Seahawks fans the here. Guy? Like, apparently. How can you use apparently when you're the stats <laughs> Well, guy? no, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's all it's hearsay, hearsay right now. I mean, nothing has actually come from Lynch himself. It's all like Lynch's friend and, yeah. you know, this source. And but where, when, when there's smoke, there's fire. And there's a lot of smoke right now. A lot right of now. smoke. But uh, I feel bad for Adrian Peterson because, really, this is just completely killing his, you know, yeah. his market. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. He, but, I mean, he's going to you know, feel bad for him with Jamal Charles splitting, uh, you know, splitting back. Down. I mean, AP can still go to the, the Giants. That's true, although they haven't indicated any interest no. in him whatsoever. But they just signed, he could go uh, to the Jets, too. They just signed a sh- um, what? Sean Drawn. Sean Drawn. Championship. Championship. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, as far as uh, Lynch fitting in with the Raiders, I think it'd be like a shoe and obviously a great signing. Uh, yeah. Given that he's had a year off, he had back issues you know, two, uh, two years ago in his last year with the Seahawks. But prior to that, 4,000-yard seasons, actually four 1,200-yard seasons. Yeah. And uh, the nice plus with him over AP is that he can catch out of the backfield yeah. and he can run out of a shotgun or a pistol offense. And he's the most angry runner in the world. And he's just a beast in general. And he's, and he's playing for his home team. Like You don't think he's going to be Oakland, trucking yeah. people in every single carry <laughs> he has all season long? Doing it for Oakland. That's right. and, and playing behind arguably the best O-line in the league. Yeah, way better than any of the lines he's run behind in, in Seattle. Yeah. So that would be interesting to see what he could do. I'd like to see him there. I think that, that gives Oakland like their full contenders at that point. I mean, they're already contenders, but last year they were already saying in sort of a weak and muddled AFC yeah. uh, that we, you know, we were in the mix yeah, for sure. Mix. Whether or not you want to argue we're like the second best team or the fourth best team, yeah. we're definitely in the, in the mix. mix as long as Carr was healthy. So you add these pieces, uh, you know, Alden Smith. We still don't know what's going on with his reinstatement, yeah. given that he keeps finding himself in dumb situations. Although this Classic sounds Alden. sort of harmless. Sure, but you're still in a car with a drunk. Yeah, yeah, it's. Not good. <laughs> but uh, gotta love the NFL, right? right? I know it's just such, it's terrible. Yeah, me, the Aaron, number of situations these guys find themselves ridiculous. in. Meanwhile, Aaron Hernandez, uh, witness, just claimed he did see him shoot those people. Uh, the double murder. Oh man, this is above and beyond his already life sentence yeah. for murder. Like it's just nuts. Yeah, I can't handle that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, welcome to the NFL. But um, <laughs> is Marshawn even in, in game shape? Can he be getting nope. game shape? But this here's the thing. So, I mean, Oakland would not be signing him for, you know, September, October. We're signing this guy for January, February, you know, playoff football. We don't need him to be ready. I mean, uh, Jalen Richard uh, and DeAndre Washington actually were pretty capable and showed promise in, you know, John, spot starts. John, you would be capable behind that O-line. 100%. But, I mean, that's why I think we're going to be okay. Catch. You don't have to catch. You just run. Buddy, I can catch. I got hands for days. Okay. <laughs> I love that you had to kibosh this <laughs> in the talk of flag football. But, uh, uh, I mean, so we wouldn't really need him until later in the season. Anyways, he's got all the time in the world to get ready. I mean, if he signed now, he still has, you know, Months. training camp. Yeah. You know, and you guys so. might draft uh, running back in the third, fourth round. I mean, I think if we... S- if this came to fruition, which is still a big if at this point, like 50-50, I don't think we would, but we'll see. I think you'd need a, uh, a backup bruiser. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Jalen Richard runs pretty hard. Sure, yeah. he's a smaller guy, but he, yeah. he's... I don't think anyone's shown scared. some promise between the tackles. I just as don't well. think anyone's scared of, of Jalen Richard. No, they might be. They could after be this year if he learns from Marshawn. Yeah, 
coming soon from 20th Century Fox. It's a heartwarming story about a man, a football, and a flag from the people that brought you Rudy. John Yang. <laughs> Why am I compared to Rudy? <laughs> Rudy. Gentlemen, uh, Jersey Gate is over. It's done. They've found it. They've found Tom Brady's jersey and more. Not one jersey. Two jerseys and a helmet. Yeah. yeah, this guy's like a serial merchandise thief. Like, but he's damn good. At he's so good. good. And, yeah. and an, interna- an international incident, no less. Yeah. yeah, the FBI getting involved. What the hell took him so long? It's actually crazy to me that a jersey, albeit, you know, yes, a, an important piece of sports history, is worth half a million dollars. When you're yeah. on a first-name basis with the President of the United States, your jersey is important. Yeah. And what's Trump saying? The wall had been... Yeah, had so he been built the wall he, he's, too, well, you know, he's too busy complaining about Colin Kaepernick. That's true. It's, it's cool they found it because they found both this jersey and the jersey from the uh, Super Bowl they won over the, the Seahawks. And it's the same thief who stole Von Miller's jersey, Cleats. How does he get, how does how, he get in there? He has media access. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he resigned his position as a uh, member of a uh, Mexican newspaper uh, a couple of days ago. Essentially, as soon as the word got out that uh, he was a suspect. It's like, it's like done. What's the like? What's the best case scenario for this guy? You you sell it. Who's gonna buy it? You know it's stolen. You're gonna get yeah. caught if you put it on eBay. Yeah. So like, what what was he hoping? Just have it in his house forever? Also, do do people list half a million dollar things on eBay? <laughs> Is that like the the go to <laughs> houses, cars? Like, there's some ridiculous I ass hope, shit that gets I hope listed on like eBay. Better black market, you know, avenues to go than like eBay. Just well, again, list, what, well, why like, would you pay five hundred prize stolen possession? But why would you pay so much money for something you have to hide for the rest of your life? Yeah, no, it's true. It's valid. I did, yeah. Did, yeah, we've had this discussion. Yeah. I mean, like, this, this feels but, like if you were thinking smart about it, this would at least be like an exchange of content on the dark web. Avoid eBay. Go through the most surreptitious channels possible. You know, sell it to uh, um, El Chapo Guzman, the, uh, <laughs> the legendary uh, Mexican cartel leader who, you know, it's probably a huge Tom Brady fan because between the two of them, all they do is win. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you get into the dark web, though, it's... Oh, yeah. uh, it's never a good thing. Yeah, it's like child porn, guns, Tom Brady jerseys. Like, <laughs> what? Gentlemen, the uh, NFL Competition Committee uh, has been uh, hanging out and uh, having some interesting discussions about uh, adjusting uh, the field of play. Uh, they're discussing the idea of actually banning the ability to jump over the line during uh, kicks. So essentially, if you're attempting to uh, block... Uh, a kick, a kick, a field goal, or a uh, or a uh, uh, or a uh, PAT, and they're also discussing shortening overtime. Is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Overtime, dumb. Kick rule change, smart. That's all I got to say. Really, I kind of like the guy jumping over. Like, it's, well, uh, but it's, it's so a- ambiguous. So, uh, John was telling me earlier that it's you're allowed to jump over. Yeah, you're not allowed to touch the guy you're jumping over. You can't, However, you, you can't use him to propel yourself yeah. over. But, oh, in, no, that's but, fair. but yeah. incidental contact is okay. What, <laughs> how, how does one define incidental yeah, exactly. contact? Exactly. It's just I think the the issue with it is it's just so ambiguous. And I get that kind of for player safety, we you know the long snapper is at a really disadvantaged position. Sure, he yeah. he is hunched over and has to look back at the kicker in order to make that long snap. So, you know, he doesn't know what's coming. So, yeah, you shouldn't be able to have a guy just jumping over him because he has no idea what's going on in the vertical space that's above his body. Um, 
But yeah, then, so if you're going to make the rule that you can't touch them, you can't then say, but maybe if you kind of accidentally touch them, it's okay. Because yeah. then that just enters this whole gray area. And we saw it with the Arizona-Seattle game. Twice. Uh, oh, twice. Twice. That happened. twice in the did same game. Did you touch game. them both? Did you touch them both times? He touched, like, nicked them both times. Ah, okay, yeah. But, but again, it's incidental. Yeah, and so and it ended up being ruled in, in Seattle's favor and that Bobby Wagner incidentally touched him. But I think anytime you have gray rules like that, it just invites controversy. And so you kind of have to... Anytime you have gray rules like that, you know Seattle will be the benefactor <laughs> of those gray rules. I mean, the NFL in general just loves the gray area, so yeah. it's perfect for them. But I, to me, it's like it's kind of a, it's like nothing else really in sports. Like you don't really get to see guys perform physical, yeah. athletic, you know, raw kind of things like that, especially in football. I agree. It's a pretty and cool it's, it's play. Like a, and if you can time it right and you can jump over the guy... It like, looks think, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think you should be rewarded for but that But we can somehow. all jump over the guy. I mean, the guy's hunched over Especially with, John. with his head down. Uh, I don't know if... Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't you can put, put a stack of paper underneath <laughs> me. Like, I, think I, I think I can get that high. <laughs> you would need a boost. You would for sure be boosting yeah. yourself off that guy. But yeah. no, I think if you can like pull it off, it's I think cool. you should be rewarded for it. Mm. But I mean, I'm I'm not too invested in this yeah. one way or another. But I mean, I guess my gut, my, no. my gut reaction is, yeah, okay, sure, we can get rid of it. Yeah. Whereas with the overtime, I don't know. The argument behind it seems kind of weird to me. Like apparently, the logic is that they feel that teams that enter into full 15 minute overtime periods are at a disadvantage if they play on Thursday night. So somehow, you know, shortening it to 10 minutes is going to make some huge difference to their recovery period. How many uh, overtime games actually last a full... Considering how many ties there were this past season. And so, so there have been... It's a, it's a growing trend, at least. There have been 83 overtime games in the last five years, and uh, 22 of them have lasted for more than 10 minutes. So that's a quarter of them. But, you know, th- that's like an infinitesimally small amount yeah. of games to begin with. And then, so really, I mean, this impacts basically 2% of games in the <laughs> NFL. So actually, this There's rule... There's got to be more travel that impacts things. Yeah, yeah more exactly. Any right. West Coast team having to go east. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. Or playing in London or whatever, right? Like, exactly, yeah. Which is, why the, which is why the Jacksonville Jaguars have been <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Let's chalk it up to that. Yeah, yeah they get that. because they play in London. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's take it back to the hard court for a minute. Why does everyone hate Ray Allen? Now, if you know the the gist of this, uh, Ray John Rondo is uh, gathering together all these stars of the 2008 uh, title-winning Boston Celtics team with one noticeable exception. Ray Allen. Now, everybody likes Jesus Shuttlesworth. I mean, what's the deal? It's a... It's just Rondo being Rondo. I just like that Dar's notes, the first thing is, seems like a likable guy. Yeah, I don't know the guy. <laughs> seems likable. He definitely he does. does seem likable. He's got his mom chilling on courtside with, with her Ray Allen bedazzled jersey all the time. I don't know. It just, it just seems like Ray Allen, uh, Rajon Rondo's just being I a, think it's bigger than Rajon, though. Like, uh, everyone says, like, Rajon and him had their troubles, but, you know, KG and, uh, yeah. and Pierce, they're not, they're not really, you know, back in Allen there at all. There's, yeah. there's this growing precedence for beef. I mean, yeah. especially if you look at the near-on Donnybrook between the Dubs and the Thunder the other night. Yeah. It's just like, where's all the hate coming from? I mean, I, I would argue there is somewhat, there's some cause there. Yeah. That's, that's, and I would yeah, argue that. that that is worse than what, you know, these Celtics are mad at Ray Allen for doing. He left to go join a Heat team that was at least still being constructed at that stage. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I mean, yes, it was going to be a powerhouse. That was clear to anyone who was, who was watching. But uh, it's to me, 
that's still better than what KD did this past offseason yeah. and just jumping to your immediate competitor who is already a championship caliber yeah. team. And the difference is KD didn't bring Oklahoma City a championship. Ray Allen won a championship for Boston. And then left. And then left. Yeah, so like mission complete. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it was the way that it happened. So like obviously we're not behind the scenes here, but yeah. in what I have seen and read that he didn't talk to any of the dudes uh, from the Celtics. Yeah. He just kind of yeah, jumped ship, and, and the Celtics were offering him more money and longer years, right? So I think that's I think the way it happened was probably yeah. like that, and it seems like KG is a guy that likes to hold beef. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's what it comes down to. Is well, that they, obviously, they obviously weren't as close as people thought they were, so, I mean, if he, they're not that close, why wouldn't he leave? Like, yeah. it's his choice. He's a free agent. He doesn't like his teammates. Fuck, leave. I couldn't agree more. I'm on Ray Allen's side. Seems like a nice guy. I'm not. He seems right? likable. Let, let's, <laughs> let's, think, let's think positive thoughts for a minute. And let's take a moment to commend uh, Brandon Roy. Yeah. Late of the Portland Trailblazers. A guy that everybody was looking at as being a mainstay in the NBA for a lot of years. Uh, a couple of companies. Retired early. Uh, voted high school coach of the year in the United States. Yeah. And it was all him. This is the only reason they went 29-0. Was because of all it was all him. Just great he played coach. the games, right? He played the games. Yeah, he shot just a great. No, it's it's a good field goal story. I mean, that team was like I think they won three games it's a year before. It's kind of weird they're painting this as like a redemption story. It's not like he was like a failure in the NBA. He's like a three time uh, All Star. No, but he. Was, I mean, I no, mean, he wasn't a failure, but his career got cut short to just a few injury, years. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, but uh, it's not like a redemption story. It's not like he stunk and then no, now no, this no. is his. Like Adam Morrison. We'd be doing we'd no. be doing that if we were talking about Greg Oden. You're talking yeah. about Adam Morrison, the NBA champion Adam Morrison. That's true. He <laughs> yeah. does have a right. No, I mean, just like Roy could have been like great, or at right. least uh, you know he, he would have been a perennial all. Kobe Bryant said he was the hardest guy to cover right. in yeah. the whole league. So, so like, that's why I just sucked that his career got uh, and it's short. And this is just like a nice feel good story. They went 29 and 0. That's yeah. impressive for any team to do. If you're not named like the UConn women uh, basketball <laughs> team, it's yeah. hard to go undefeated in a season. You usually lose a game. I mean, like, I hate to detract from the feel-good story at all here. Don't do it. Don't do it? Okay, detract. Okay, I mean, Don't so, detract. I mean, you know, coinciding with his starting as the uh, head coach of the uh, Nathan Hale High School, uh, three brothers, the Porter brothers, uh, moved to Washington and all joined at his program, two of which are five-star recruits, top 25 in the nation. Yeah. Uh, and their younger brother, who's a 6'3 guard, so basically, you got your entire starting roster that's rehauled. That's coaching. That's yeah. coaching this day and age, right? Coaching. Like it, it's as much as you do on the court during a game. Well, I mean, this. I. I mean, I, I guess you could argue maybe you had a hand in, it and they're choosing that high school to go to out of the Seattle 100%. area for sure. He, uh, he's you know, one of the, some of the best, name value. Yeah, he's one of the yeah. best players ever to come out of Seattle. Right. Had a great career at UW. Like yeah. he is. He's a great name, and if you're a young basketball player like wouldn't you want to be around that so that someone's that played in the nba and, and has that kind of but we're not we're not talking like this is a recruiting trip like to go to college this is high school yeah their, their dad got, their dad got hired as an assistant at uh, at the husk uh, for the washington huskies oh, uh, basketball program oh. so, it gets deeper here yeah and and so uh, there's also talk that that move of hiring their father was purely to guarantee their uh their commitments which they did but then the coach was fired this season right. So now they've reopened uh, their uh, recruitment process. It's two top, two top 25 brothers. Yeah, it's pretty great. Where do brothers usually go? Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> you mean they're not going to UCLA? No, the brothers. Are they twins? 
No, they're not twins. No, then they go. Then they can go to UCLA. Yeah. God, I wish they were twins. Yeah. So it's one senior, one who I think is in grade eleven, and then yeah, junior. So yeah, and then one like a Lonzo, Lamelo, Leangelo. Basically, yeah. This is like a whole other. Yeah. Hopefully, their dad's just as outspoken. Can't wait. Yeah. Gentlemen, is the Western Division's playoff seating going to make itself clear anytime soon? Or are we expecting a battle between the Jazz, the Clippers, and the Thunder till the very end of the season? It'll probably, it's going to go down to the end of the season. But the crazy thing is, like, who, who do you want to play? Like, do you want to play the Warriors? None of them. Yeah, do you want to play the Warriors, the Spurs, or the Rockets? Like, like, I, I, I no, you want to play the Jazz, which is why you want to finish in the sweet spot of I don't seed know, five. I don't even know about that. I mean, I feel very bad for the entire bottom half of uh, the playoff seeding because they have, you know, uh, tough games to play. Do you feel no bad for them, or should they just get better? Well, of course <laughs> they should get better. I mean, if you suck, improve. No, but here, John, you, you, the sweet spot, sure, the five, five, four seed. I mean, but, I definitely but, don't want to play the Spurs. Sure. And then the Rockets. What would you rather? What would you rather? Would you rather play... Uh, like Rockets round one, Spurs round two, or would you rather play the Jazz round one, Warriors round two? Like, what's your goal? To win one series? I mean, depending on the health of KD, you could make an argument for for the Jazz than Warriors. Warriors look beatable without him. Yeah, they looked real beatable last night against the... <laughs> okay, sure, sure. <laughs> they've firmed up since, but I mean, like, they were far and away in the lead for the number one seed. Spurs caught up to them, yeah. had it at one point. I don't know, we'll see how the rest it, of the season plays out. But you look at OKC, who, who you know they want to avoid uh, Golden State. They have now lost four straight games to them, this, I think it's this year. And in all four games, the Warriors have been up by at least 25 points. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, that's not good. And that was without KD. Yeah. I don't know, man. I guess, I guess it's tough. I mean, Those top three teams are just yeah. far and away better than everyone else. Yeah, but I, I still think I'd rather play Houston and San Antonio. Oh, I'd, yeah, absolutely. Then Utah. Oh, yeah, you stay away from those one and two. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the way that Harden's going, like I don't know that you really have a chance against Houston, but at least they yeah. have a, a little bit less firepower than the, the top two teams there. But I think those, that four or five matchup is where you really want to get. Uh, at to, least right? Houston has some weakness, and it's their yeah. front court. Yeah. And if you think you have a good front court, maybe you can beat them on the board. You'll probably they'll probably give up for thirty points, thirty three <laughs> points a game. But you just feel like maybe you can can hang in when there. You can, you could, yeah, you could steal a couple. Yeah, you can yeah. steal a couple. You might be able to get one on the road too. Yeah, you know, you're not going to get one in Golden State. You're not going to get one no, in San, San Antonio. And San Antonio will get one on you in the best road team in the sure. league. Yeah. Gentlemen, your NBA picks for this week. So I'm taking the Warriors tonight. It's the opposite of a home dog. I don't know what kind of sound effects you can make for that one. But road dog. Road dog. No, road favorites. Road favorites. But uh, they, look, they just looked so good last night, even without KD. I'm saying this with a caveat that... But this is the battle of the Curry brothers tonight, is it not? Yeah, it's the battle of the Curry brothers. But if, uh, as long as uh, Curry doesn't rest any players, because it is a back-to-back, I think the Warriors will smash them. Dallas looked pretty horrendous didn't they lose by like 40 points yeah that's a Philly they lost by 40 yeah it's a Philly that's right (laughs) so Philly's been really good lately but yeah again not that good are you you believing in the process I'm believing the process I believe in the process (laughs) but as long as the Warriors aren't uh, arresting anyone they should they should beat these guys by double digits I don't believe in the process I believe in the algorithm (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go with the Bulls plus seven and a half against Toronto Bulls have won their last two matchups, and sure, they've lost D-Wade, but Toronto's lost Lowry, which I would argue is more important. So, 
That's a tough one. That's what, that's what I'm going with. I know. Toronto uh, perennially cannot beat Chicago. Yeah. Even in like the TSN promos, they're Jack Armstrong. Like, I can't stand losing to yeah. these guys. And yeah. I don't, Chicago just has their number. It, it's, it's all Jimmy Butler. And they got seven and a half points tonight. Exactly. Yeah. Like it went out right. At, on, the, on the road. Yeah. Don't on try to road. goad me into making a more extreme pick. You always do this to me. Every time I make a pick, you're like, that's a cop-out. And then I end up having to, like, okay, I'll do it. No, that's, that's, that's not a cop-out. I'm saying that's a great pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. seven and a half. I yeah. get the points. I think you could, you're could not win, saying that's easy. I'm saying, they could, I'm saying they could win outright. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were trying to goad me into no, betting he, on the money line, though. Mm, and then, he's on, just telling you to put more money on it. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. He's guaranteeing your pick. Okay. Two units right? on that one. Two units. Not one. Two. I'm going to take the uh, Goran Dragic uh, revenge fantasy and uh, going to take the Miami Heat over the uh, Phoenix Suns tonight uh, straight up. That is a big spread. Yeah. Is uh, Waiters playing? He had that ankle injury. I forget what happened to him in the other. Yeah, I'm not he's sure. He's back? He didn't come back in that game. So. He was on crutches at one point. So. Yeah, he's probably going to rest. That doesn't impact your decision there. Revenge fantasy. Okay. okay. Revenge narrative. <laughs> I'm going to take Memphis here at New Orleans. New Orleans has not looked good with uh, the new era of Boogie Cousins yeah. and, uh, and Davis there. So minus three on the road, uh, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Quick little, uh, little tidbit here. So Cam Newton apparently needs surgery on his throwing shoulder. So that's tough. And we just talked about, uh, we just talked about this. The Raiders are hosting running back Joe Mixon on a pre-draft visit. Ooh. Why would you mention the Raiders and a running back? Get me excited. And then and then throw it sideways <laughs> with Joe Mixon. Yeah, he thanks, bud. He could be the best running back in the, in the draft. We just no, talked about it: the Raiders and a running back. Yeah, Joe Mixon. We like, did talk what? about it. The I Raiders and the running back it. who likes get to get into here. trouble. Get out of here! For the, for the Raiders to get Marshawn, Marshawn has to apply for reinstatement, get reinstated, go to Seattle, ask for a release or a trade, get released, then go to to Oakland. It's not going to happen in twenty minute. Podcast. Does that mean he also needs to take a drug test? Oh, he's probably. How long does weed stay in your body for? Because you Not know that long. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's up in Canada. You know he's he's having fun right now. Back to Segway. the uh, Segwaying to the ice. I uh, just like it when John makes like grand sweeping gestures and in his hands. Yeah. <laughs> now he's dabbing. <laughs> to see more of John dabbing, tune into our live stream on Facebook. <laughs> Gentlemen taking it to the ice uh, this week. Yermir Yager officially surpasses uh, Gordy Howe for most points scored by someone over the age of 40. Are we seeing a new era in the NHL where really old dudes can actually have extended careers? Have extended careers, score points, and score off the ice. Oh, Yager With is. hair like that, how can you not score off the ice? <laughs> He's a legend. Guys, I used to actually rock a mullet, very Yamir Yager like. Uh, you rocked a lot of factual. weird hairstyles, yeah, cornrows. I did, and, yeah. yeah. But the Yager mullet. If you had to bring one back, though, would it oh, be. Oh, the Yager mullet. It would be that over there. It would just be hair, actually, well, for yeah, 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 That's true. <laughs> yeah, it would be just hair and less fat. <laughs> what does my life come to? You're a legend in the world of social sports data. Yeah, I'll take it. And if anybody wants to mock Dar, um, join me. Least, yes. <laughs> You're a terrible person, John. <laughs> James, I'm going to give you my Yamir Yager picture when I was a kid. You throw that up on Twitter for us. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, yeah. Just, this is, that's going to be the headline promo for like, all this week. Uh, for, those, for those of you guys that don't know the story, so apparently Yamir Yager uh, had sex with some really young girl, and then she tried to blackmail him and said, I'm going to post a picture of us if you don't pay me. 
And Yager's not married. He's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and so she posted a picture, and he's just like a legend, smashing this like amazingly hot like twenty-one-year-old who also is dating the captain of the junior national team. So it's like just like a double whammy, and Yager just loving it. Forty-two-year-old guy, legend. legend. Never change, Jeremy. Never change. It's actually unreal that he's still playing at this age, though. At this level, too. Like, it's he's so crazy. good. Yeah, still uh, 39 points in 71 games. I think he's, what, now, now he's second uh, all-time all in time. the NHL in points, third in goals. He'll never catch one, unfortunately, but yeah, unless he plays until he's 60. Which he says he wants to do. He's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, so uh, upon uh, the news of him passing Gordy for the most points in uh, their 40s, he says he wants to pass Gordy in the 50s as well, because Gordy played until he was 52. Which is also crazy. How, How many on players earth? are in their forties right now in the league? Uh, I don't know, but I know he's the oldest by four years. So that means someone out there is forty-one and playing, but I don't know who. <laughs> but not to uh, his level. But I know not to maybe, his level. Uh, maybe Mark Streit. Oh, I think he's thirty-nine. Close. Tough one. Tough but Yager, Yager reminds me of James Harrison because you see James Harrison always has these crazy workout exploits, yeah. and like you know, you hear about him flying back after a playoff game and upon landing at like two in the morning going straight to the gym and working out and yager has stories like that too with uh now with the uh florida panthers strength and conditioning coach there's a bunch of dudes who were pushing like 38 39 um when this hockey news article i'm looking at came out uh patrick eliash 39 at the time so yeah 40 uh is dan boyle still playing i don't think so yeah uh shane don't shane don't yeah he's there matt cullen yep uh stefan robida uh i'm not sure yeah. uh zidane ochara yeah, he's there. Right. Yep. Uh, Willie Mitchell? Nope. Uh, Aginla? Yep. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. You know that song? You guys know that song? Nope. Yep. 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 I got it. <laughs> nope. We'll play it for you. Okay. Gentlemen, are there going to be any uh, playoff surprises this year? Wait, whoa. You didn't let me get to my cool Yager oh, stats. You've got, you've got Yager stats? Well, not really stats. He's quoted as saying, if you want to be better than an opponent, you have to work while he's asleep. I thought that was pretty cool. And then also, Yager is four years... Uh, sorry, four years older. I already said that one. Is older than the combined age of his two line mates, uh, Alec Barkov and uh, Huberdeau. <laughs> That's unreal. Yeah. I think he scored his first goal when they weren't even born yet. Yeah. And his... Uh, sorry, Tommy Powers, his strength and conditioning coach, has said that where other players... So I guess this would be from the Florida Panthers, average like two to two and a half hours per day working out yager four and a half hours every day does that count his bedroom activity i why well, i would imagine not you <laughs> <laughs> should be keeping uh, track of this we want in-depth oh, in-depth guy. analytics uh, also other oldest players uh the, when you google that the uh obviously gordy howe chris chelios and then right behind uh yarman yager tim horton legend, legend. tim hortons timmy that really only applies to canadians americans are like what that your president or something? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, any uh, playoff surprises coming down the pipe, you think? I mean, the East looks... Well, the West looks pretty locked up, like the top eight. It's just kind of playoff positioning. But again, it's just, there's so much parity in the NHL. That would you rather play Calgary or Edmonton or Anaheim? But can we all feel bad for the Metropolitan Division yeah. and how <laughs> the first and second round matchups, only one of... Uh, Sorry, only one of the Caps, Blue Jackets, or Penguins is going to make it out of that. Yeah. Out of the second round, which is crazy because those are arguably the top four teams. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Hello, Baylor. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Rangers have 93 points. They're sitting in the first wild card spot. If they were in the other uh, conference, they'd be in the first first spot. It's crazy. But to be the best, you have to beat the best. That is true. 
Good one. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, so Canadians, Rangers, who you got in that one? Carey Price. No. Rangers. Canadians. Really? Yeah, if Ranta if uh, if Ranta covers decently for Lundqvist and then Lundqvist comes back, then no. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I forgot Lundqvist yeah. is. Lundqvist will be back for playoffs. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then I might lean towards Canadians. And then can the Blue Jackets beat the Penguins? No. You don't think so? No, they're not playoff tested they're, enough yet. They're 2-0-1 this season the against Bobrowski. the Penguins. Not in the playoffs. Not in the playoffs. Not that's the playoffs. true. So there's not surprises, but there's definitely some interesting things to, uh, to watch. The first, it's going to be a busy first round. For sure, yeah. And then whether or not the Maple Leafs can hang in there and, yeah. and make the playoffs with the Islanders and Lightning. I think they'll make it. biting at their heels. I think they'll make it. Gentlemen, three stars for this week. Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins. Brian Elliott of the Calgary Flames. And Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. As always, in this segment, pick one. I'll go with Elliott. Uh, Flames are just rolling. I think they had earlier had a 10-game winning streak. Um, they look good. That's probably not a team you want to face right now in the playoffs. I'm going to go with the uh, much-hated in Vancouver, no. Brad Marchand. Not really for what he's done this week, but more so for what he's done for the Canucks franchise. Okay, what? By scoring a hat-trick against us and helping lift us to fifth pick overall and a chance <laughs> at the number one overall pick. Spoken like a true Vancouver Canucks fan. Tank, tank, tank. <laughs> so we're only one point uh, out of fourth, I think. I think we're one point out of third. Out of third. Yeah. Sorry, so we're in fourth now. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right, because we've lost yeah. another two games since then. Yeah, so, so. New, New Jersey's one point ahead of us, and then Arizona's four points ahead of us, and then Colorado, no one's catching Colorado. No. Catching them. Like, I'm talking like they're the worst. Like, how do you catch a guy who's below you? I don't know. They, don't they? There's like 43 wow. points. It's crazy. By falling backwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just going to go with Crosby because the, the Penguins wouldn't survive without Crosby. Fair enough. I mean, Malkin's definitely not, you know, definitely, he's on the tail end of his career at this stage. And he's, he's hurt right now. And, and Crosby now tied for the uh, league lead in points again with McDavid. With McDavid. And Brad Marchand's interesting only, only one point back. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think, probably the most interesting thing that we've discussed here is the fact that Marchand this year has actually found his scoring touch. But, um, but Crosby's played, I think, five or six less games than, than the other two guys. So he should win. Gentlemen, your NHL picks for this week. Speaking of Crosby. Speaking of Crosby. Cop-out pick. Cop-out pick. No, it's not a cop-out. It's actually I know, nice I, odds. I've actually got the cop-out for this week. Nice odds. Uh, Phoenix. I mean, what? Phoenix? No. Uh, there is no Phoenix out. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh minus one tonight. I don't even know who they're playing. I'm kidding. They're playing Buffalo. In Buffalo. Pittsburgh minus one. Uh, Canadians over Detroit. Uh, yeah, bet $10,000 to win $4. <laughs> like I said, I've got the cop-out pick for tonight. Oh, what was the take, te- a mi- take a minus one. What was the tennis? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, take what a minus one. What was the tennis one. bet? Uh, Djokovic. Djokovic. Yeah. Betting 5000 yeah. for a chance to win 100 bucks, and then he lost. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, for once, uh, picking the Capitals is not a cop-out pick, so I'm going to take advantage of that and go with it. Playing, play? playing the Red Hot Flames. So It is a cop-out. Take a minus one. Take the minus one. Yeah. Do we ever make spread picks on hockey? If we want, Pittsburgh minus one. All right, I'll take a minus one. There we go. We're all taking minus one. <sighs> Matt, you got an underdog. You got a minus one. When you yeah, you're going to take the Maple Leafs. I can never pick the Maple Leafs. <laughs> but you're you're from you're Toronto. an insult yeah, you're a to your city. Now. Just take no. the Rangers and call it a day. Sure, the Rangers sound great to me. Yeah, love that. Playing the Devils. 
Hate the Devils. Hate Take the, the Devils. Rangers. Yeah. Let's go. Marty Berdeur is not there anymore. Yeah. No Scott Stevens. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Gentlemen, the uh, next round of uh, Champions League soccer knockout draws have uh, been made, leading to some uh, interesting uh, matchups. Uh, down to the, uh, the final eight, uh, Leicester and Atletico Madrid. Leicester coming in barely squeaking past Sevilla in the previous round. You got to think the the Leicester Cinderella story will end at some point. It has to. It has to. But but, uh, but never bet against Craig Shakespeare. Yeah, never. What is he like four and zero now? He's just too good. And then. Uh, but Atletico, I mean. Yeah, Less, um, Leicester's not only fighting for Champions League here; they're also fighting to to stay off rele- relegation. That's right. Still yeah. battling yeah. relegation at this stage. Yeah, so I'm thinking. I, I don't think uh, has any team ever stayed in the Champions League but been relegated? This would be nuts. That would Imagine be insane. If they got to the semifinals and then got relegated. Yeah. yeah. After winning the championship. Yeah. The I'm not that sure that's be, ever happened. Uh, that'd be a great story. Atletico's, they're good. They've gone to the championship uh, two years in a row. I wouldn't bet against them, I think. It's kind of a toss-up, though. They're both uh, very defensive teams uh, that play that 4-4-2 and then rely on a quick counterattack. Yeah. So really anything could happen. It's it, going to be a low-scoring one. It's the question is which of their strikers can actually sort of get uh, you know worked up early. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Atletico's been here before. Like I said, two straight uh, Champions League finals. On paper, it looks like Atletico's yeah. basically a slightly better version of Leicester City. A way better version. Mm. Way better. They're right. getting relegated. They could get relegated. <laughs> but, but they're back to their, their play style that they used to be under, which they had a great deal of success. And so they're, I mean, also, this they're also the defending champs, so we, we can just say that, right? They're, they're the champions until they're not. And for now, they're, they're still the champions. <laughs> I'm still taking Atletico. <laughs> uh, Real Madrid and uh, Bayern Munich in what is definitely going to be the, uh, the bloodiest of the, uh, of the four uh, matches. That was what, a tough draw. What a yeah, brutal really draw. Tough. That is harsh. But I guess, like, there's only eight teams, so... They obviously can't play themselves. So, uh, playing Barca, I wouldn't say, ah, oh, brutal yeah. draw. Playing With analysis like that, <laughs> I mean, that's why we're Obviously, here. they can't play themselves. So I think there's only a few other matchups left. And if only, they got only Barca, if they're playing FIFA. they're playing Barca, everyone would complain about that. Um, they had a couple of nice draws in the last couple of years to get themselves to the final by avoiding some of the top teams. So it's about time. I, I love Real. I, I'm taking Byron on this. But I'm taking so, Byron as yeah. well. Also, I like the, the storyline of uh, master versus student. Uh, Zinedine Zidane, who is Real's current coach, yeah. was an assistant under uh, Carlo Ancelotti. I'm screwing up the pronunciation on that. No, yeah. no you didn't, actually. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, when Carlo was Real Madrid's boss, so now it'll be interesting to see yeah. them face off. But yeah, I mean, I, Real's my team, so I'm cheering for them. Barca and Juventus? Barca. Uh, I mean, I'm, it's kind of hard. Not yeah. after, that, after that comeback, yeah. it's kind of hard to not go with Barca. I'm actually planning on wagering quite a bit on Barca to, to advance. Hmm. What do you think? And uh, if you agree with him, why not go and wager some units at fansunite.com, sign up right now, register, and uh, tail Dar's bets, because when Barca loses, then you can blame him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, when I say wager a lot, I mean wager a lot of units, obviously. Five. You know, Five not, not money. Not yeah. real money. But, uh, I mean, I feel like Juventus has a couple of, you know, elite strikers of their own and their defense actually i feel like matches up yeah. better than barca's does so just just after seeing what barca did i know you just don't want to bet yeah, against that, against that trio because they can literally score five goals on you in a heartbeat as they did as they did six so. six or five five, five. but yeah. I, I mean i think i think on record on the podcast i'm gonna pick juventus yeah but nice the opposite of copy nice yeah. 
And then the one match which I think nobody's going to pay attention to, but I think has the possibility of uh, really paying off in terms of uh, quality football, uh, Borussia Dortmund and uh, Monaco. Monaco sneaking in. That was a fun game against Sneaking Man, in Man against City. Man City yeah. on away goals. That was one of the better better games. I mean, obviously, the Barcelona one was the best, but uh, I don't know. I like Monaco. They can score. They're I've got team. to keep cheering for the last remaining French team. They're so. a good, yes. I, I think they're a good Cinderella pick. I like them, especially uh, you know, with, uh, with PSG sort of always being the token French uh, yeah. you know, appearance this late in the tournament. Yeah, I, I'm cheering for Monaco just because they're just, they're, they're just a fun team. Plus, I mean, we already got well, we already got Bayern Munich. We don't need two German teams, do we? No, nah. we've, we've filled our quota. Yeah, three Spanish teams, two German teams, one Italian, one uh, French. I right? don't know how to say his name, but Mbappe, Mbappe, will need to be huge and instrumental again for uh, for Monaco. So yeah, those will be the, that'll be a fun fun game to watch. Matt, where can we uh, go to find out more about who you are and what you do? I understand you, you've got something big that you want to tell us about. I hope it's big. Yeah, yeah. tell us. Yeah, so uh, we're launching a new company called Corvio, uh, corvio.com. Uh, it's a fitness kind of product. Uh, we're kind of testing it right now with some NBA teams, NHL teams, uh, really to enhance movement. Talked about Yammer Yager earlier, John. Maybe he's a new candidate for us to kind of go after. But yeah. it's all about increasing mobilization and movement and enhancing it for uh, athletes. The kind of big differentiator for us is it's building core strength, and you can do that you know, in a clinic or in a gym setting, but now you can actually go on the ice, go on the court, uh, play basketball with it, get shots up, and, and still have a resistance kind of weighted workout uh, at the same time. So, yeah, we're launching in May here with a new website, a bunch of uh, instructional videos. People can kind of buy a unit and then follow along with our uh, exercises as well. Website, Twitter, places we can get people. Yeah, website, www.corevo.com, C-O-R-E-V-Y-O. Very cool. Very cool. Dar, I hear you're going to be in Portland this week. Yep. Yeah. Heading down there tomorrow for uh, TechFest Northwest. We're one of the companies pitching down there. Try to get some, some cool partnerships. Um, so we'll be there all week. So if you see Dar wandering around with a donut in his hand, you know, say hello. You'll see me at a Blazers game with my Rashid jersey on. You might not recognize him if you're just going off of the uh, mullet picture. People, people might think I'm Rashid. No. Lack of hair. John, how's the app doing? The app is looking really good. I don't know if we're going to be done next week, but no, no, we got, we got to go. But uh, of course, if uh, people want to uh, give us feedback, uh, let us know what they want to see on the app. Of course, uh, hit up uh, Big Poppy. Duncan at uh, fansunite.com, the man who answers all the email. Of course, if you're interested in contributing to the Fans Unite blog, you can uh, shoot uh, Duncan an email as well. Uh, we've had uh, recent content up there from Dar and myself covering everything from the NFL draft through to the UFC, and we are guaranteed to have some brand new Richard Waterhouse WrestleMania content coming up as WrestleMania is really, really soon. On that note, this has been episode 20 of the Fans Unite Huddle is brought to you by Fantasy Six Sports, where anyone can play and everyone can win. I uh, want to shout out Kobe, who's still under the table. Uh, shout out JKP, The Alchemist, Kanye East, Dev2. Y'all know what to do. Uh, but until next week, thanks for listening. Stadium, it's closed. <laughs>